Ah, hi guys, Russell here. Um, so, you know, has inflation been conquered? Uh, can the Fed cut rates? Is it mission accomplished? Um, personally, I don't think so. But I, I do know that uh, the dovish turn or pivot, as it likes to be called by the Federal Reserve, has made a lot of people happy. And we do have to remember, you know, 2019, you know, loads of other times when the Fed's turned uh, dovish, you know, you've wanted to buy assets. And you can see that what's happened recently has made people very, very happy. They like the dovish turn. You know, and when we look at the US 10-year, it's dropped from 5%, I think like a couple of months ago, uh, to 4% today. And we're seeing a huge move in equities and asset markets. Um, and, you know, it's pretty easy to see why. You know, the Fed probably feels like it's mission accomplished. Uh, for those of you who know, <laughs> older people remember what mission accomplished didn't actually mean mission accomplished when it was first used, but we'll leave that to the side for the moment. And, you know, inflation is coming at 3.1%. So, yeah, everything's good. It's, you know, we can start talking about cutting rates. Uh, and sadly for me uh, and my money, uh, you know, the GLT, TLT trade, which I have on, uh, has reversed falling nearly 10% uh, since the end of October. You know, and, you know, the portfolio that I have is suffering uh, similarly. So it's like, oh, you know, maybe maybe this was just a random trade. Maybe things, this is the end. Uh, it could be. Who knows? Um, but, you know, my gut feeling says no. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Gut and sort of logic, if that makes sense. Um, so one thing you have to be aware of, I think, is that the macro environment for the Fed has been incredibly deflationary. Uh, probably the most deflationary backdrop globally you could possibly have. And even with that deflationary backdrop, you know, the fiscal and political impetus in the States was enough to drive a rise in inflation. Um, and what I'm trying to say is I think that macro disinflationary uh, background is now disappearing. And so this pivot is not really, it's going to have to be, end up being pivoted again, back to being hawkish sooner rather than later, which is really what the GLD TLT uh, trade is, is basically implying is that every time you think inflation is done, it comes back even stronger. Um, so I'll give you some examples of what I've been looking at and, you know, you can make up your own mind and, you know, I'm happy for the market to decide whether the GLD TLT trade is done and that was just an aberration or actually this is a great entry point into this trade. Um, so, you know, the Fed's been very uh, aggressive in this tightening. Uh, yields have risen a lot. And what you've seen is a strong dollar. Uh, and, you know, when I look at sort of currencies, so I'm using the Korean one because it's freely traded, but you could use a renminbi here if you wanted to. Uh, so when the Korean one has sold off of being weak, like in the Asian finance crisis of the GFC, or even the last couple of years, you, you know, Typically, when the one is weakening, it's a sign of slowing growth. And normally, your 10-year uh, bond does very well. Now, what we've seen since the 22 is the one has been weak against the dollar, but yields have continued to move higher. It's been a real ch ch changing environment. And what it says to me is, yeah, the rising yields accomplished what they did sort of from a macro trade perspective, but it still had inflation in the States. And that's the whole point of the pro-labor trade is you have to slow down everything else to try and keep inflation weak as, 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 as wages rise. And we saw that. So the Fed's type policy made sense 
It doesn't make any sense anymore. Um, you know, I think when we look at the other environments, so we look at what else is going on, um, perhaps even more deflationary has been Chinese policy over the last few years. They've decided that, I think, and this is my interpretation, is they looked at the sort of fiscal push that was coming from the rest of the world and the sort of post-COVID boom and went, you know what, this is a great time for us to end our uh, addiction to uh, property development. Let's get property development and reduce it and try and solve it. And so we saw Evergrande finally go bust, which was like probably the most frustrating short for most uh, short sellers forever. We've seen a whole range of other you know, property developers go to the sword. And what we've also seen is the floor space start in China decline dramatically uh, by nearly 40-50%. Now, there was a time not that long ago where you would have had every sort of hedge fund manager in the world saying, or even macro economist or armchair strategist, whoever you want to say, saying Chinese property market is the biggest single risk to uh, the global economy. And if this goes, everything goes. And so you would normally expect to see uh, collapsing Chinese property starts which is what we've seen, has been super deflationary and a good reason to buy treasuries, for example, a good reason to, to bet on zero rates. Um, and what we've seen is actually Chinese interest rates have, have been much lower than global interest rates because of this. Um, but we have not really seen a collapse in anything else in China. If you look at luxury stocks, they're still doing well. You look at a lot of names, they're still doing well. It's just that the Chinese government decided, I think this is a very sensible policy, it was a good time to get rid of uh, some of the speculation, excessive building in the Chinese property sector. Uh, so why is this important? So one of the things I've learned a long time ago uh, from 2009 uh, in particular, but also in 2016, is the Shibor rate, the Chinese one-year Shanghai Interbank rate, is a really good lead indicator on sort of giant Chinese government's incentives, uh, intentions with the economy. So when it starts to rise, it means that people are going, okay, inflation is coming. They're pushing the stimulus button. And when it falls or goes sideways, it means, you know what, the lame things sort of cool down a bit. Um, and so you don't, you want to be sort of long commodities when this is going up, uh, long inflation trades when it's going up and bad deflation trades when it's going down. What we've seen over the last few years is that it's been sort of sideways to down, uh, indicating the slowing growth environment. But just as the Fed's beginning to pivot, you know, and as we've had the really weak property prints from China, we're starting to see uh, more inflationary activity here, right? More inflationary sort of signs coming out of China. Um, and so I'm thinking, oh, okay, that, you know, you can see that also reflected in like things like gold. Gold is very highly related to what's happening in China. And that's, that's holding up very well. Um, and so, you know, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I think the Fed's pivoting into a very different cycle to what we've had before. And when I look at like energy prices, which has probably been the biggest cause for inflation to drop and be weaker in the States, um, to me, structurally, in energy does not look deflationary anymore. Um, so if we look at shale, which has been the real swing producer in uh, the energy markets for the last 10 years or so now. Um, what we can see is the inventory of drilled but uncompleted wells has collapsed to the lowest level in 10 years. So what we've been seeing is that uh, US shale producers have been using this inventory to boost production. Uh, so they've been drilling less and using the inventory and it's been very cash flow productive and great. But this inventory of unused, uncompleted wells is now largely being spent. 
What we've also seen is the US has taken advantage of high energy prices to sell down its uh, strategic petroleum reserve. I agree with this policy. I know a lot of people, the conspiracy hat, tin hat guys go, this is disastrous, Biden's, you know, blah, blah, blah. But actually, if you read the read what the uh, Department of Energy was saying about it, it's saying, actually, this SPR is no good to us anymore. It's all in the wrong place. Now that we produce all our oil out of the Permian, we don't need all these reserves. Uh, and so it's a very smart policy. But what it does is gets rid of an overhang that was uh, in the energy market, this SPR, was that oil it was going to be sold at some point. You didn't know when, but now it has been sold. Um, and I'd say that probably the most negative thing to, about you know shale continuing to produce deflationary trends is that I look at very long dead natural gas prices and they were a great lead on how bad shale pricing was going to get. They were constantly telling you there was oversupply, oversupply coming right through to 2020. And then we had the huge boost uh, back in long dead. This, this is January 28, natural gas futures. A big boost. And it's gone sideways down recently. Fairly, There's nothing like what it looked like five, six years ago. And for me, and this makes sense, for me, it's saying that this industry is much more consolidated, much more looking at uh, not competing like crazy and cutting each other's throats, trying to get better pricing. So, you know, and I see that. So for me, you know, the, the Fed is pivoting just as uh, global inflation trends look to be moving higher, in my view. So I, I see a big, I don't see, I see a very different world to what the Fed sees, I think. So you know, what it's led to, I find, is <laughs> honestly, the situation that doesn't really is like, you know, hard to believe, but it's true. So, you know, as I say, everything's political now. So in the UK, the chances that we have a Labour government next year are very, very high. Very, very high. The Conservatives are useless. They're imploding. It's just a disaster. Um, and so, you know, I'd say the chances that the NHS which under the last Labour government got uh, loads of funding, saw big pay increases, sees funding and big pay increases, I'd say is reasonably good, right? NHS is the biggest employer in the UK. So even before we have a Labour government in power, we see wage inflation in the UK running at you know 20-year highs at least of around 7-8%. Um, okay, and this is before Labour gets into power. And even while you, you, the NHS is still struggling under very tight budget constraints. And yet, the, uh, you know, and this is the UK we're talking about. UK 10-year bond yield now is down at 3.7%. Um, and, I, you know, I'm thinking, you know, something here doesn't add up. You know, uh, you, know you would need to have an enormous recession from here to drive that, in which I... As you probably get, I just don't think. I think it's the opposite. We've gone for a huge adjustment in China, and I think it's probably set to recover from here. Uh, and the macro is turning very inflationary, which is, I think, what gold and other assets are telling you. So I think you know, the UK uh, gilts at 3.7 look like the wrong price to me. Now, look, you know, putting that all together, the move in GLT, TLT this month and last month hurt my portfolio. Um, you know, I've, I launched it because I thought we were seeing a breakout, like an accelerated move higher, because as I said, you've seen these other inflation trends and we've had a big reversal. Now, if I'm right, this is going to be a great entry point. But if I'm wrong, you know, I'm going to keep losing money, a lot of money, and it's going to look, and the S&P will keep going up and I'll look like an idiot. I can take that risk. I don't care about that. That's fine. 
if I'm an idiot and I'm wrong on this, then yeah, I can go do something else. Apparently people love uh, old movie themed financial advice. Who knew? Uh, so, you know, if maybe that's all I do uh, from, who knows? But my gut feeling is actually, you know, we're just getting a huge shakeout of a sort of the inflation trade, uh, particularly the, the fixed income trade, um, which is hurting uh, and is causing, so I think, large margin calls across the board. But actually, I think it isn't a good entry point. That's my gut feeling. But if I'm wrong and my gut's wrong and my brain is wrong, then I'm just wrong and I could go do something else. I could live with that. But I think, to me, this is what I'm seeing at the moment. Hope that makes sense. Stay safe. We'll talk again soon. Ciao.